0: So as we come together tonight, uh, continuing our reflections, and tonight our theme uh, that we are dealing with is uh, See Yourself as God Sees You. See Yourself as God Sees You. So it's interesting to find out how we see ourselves originally, what we would call a self-image. How do we evaluate who we are and our worth and our value? Normally, uh, we see ourselves uh, through our interactions with other people. That's how we see ourselves. So the very first people we interact with are our parents and our families. So they give us a sense of worth, meaning, value. Then we see ourselves in comparison with other people in society. So in that comparison in other people in society, that's how we measure ourselves. What does it mean, Measure ourselves? How do you know that uh, someone is tall? You only know that that person is tall only because that person is tall in comparison to someone who is not as tall as they are. So you see yourself in comparison with others. So the same goes for short, you know. How do you know a person is short? Uh, It is only in comparison with somebody else who is taller. How do you know that you are educated? It is in comparison with those who are less educated. So, in that sense, we have this uh, self-awareness or a way to see ourselves uh, in... uh, in a very uh, relativistic way, in relationship to others. Now, this applies to how we see God as well. So, how do we see God? Most often, uh, we see God through what we have been taught, what we have learned over the years what we have actually caught uh, from other people over time. And the same thing applies to how we think God sees us. So, how do we think that God sees us? Most often, it is relative to how we have come to learn about God. So what I found out, uh, amazingly, is that uh, uh, from our small days, uh, we have this, uh, let me give it a name, a kind of a beggarly attitude. Begging God for favors, begging God's attention, and trying to get Him to do something for us, So we have got this idea, uh, when I say we, actually I'm talking from my own experience and I'm sure working with many people over the years, we have got this idea that God is somehow reluctant <laughs> you know, and uh, he's powerful, he must be preoccupied with a lot of other stuff and to get his attention, we need to do something special, you know. And uh, at least a sacrifice, a fast, uh, extra prayers. And uh, uh, a safe bet is uh, get someone else who is closer to God to pray for you. You know, uh, the, the Blessed Mother, the saints, even people who are on this earth who, whom we believe are maybe closer to God than us. Why is that? Because we have this concept that somehow uh god's relationship with us and how god sees us is a very negative way so i don't know about you but if you don't have it thank god for it and <laughs> pray for pray for people like us who've gone through years of trying to clear this thing in our own hearts and minds you know so we have this whole uh, uh result of this you know and last Tuesday, I had this experience, you know, there was this uh, person, a young girl who came for prayer. Uh, She has uh, perforated her eardrum and uh, actually uh, she couldn't hear. She was hearing only 30%. And uh, she described it as, uh, as if her ear was clogged all the time. And uh, this has been going on for, for several weeks. And she came for prayer. She was crying. She came with her mother, and uh, we told her, Why don't you wait till we finish the prayer so that we can pray for you? You know, so she waited and then we prayed for her. And as we prayed for her, you know, uh, we gave her the the general instruction that uh, that all of you know by now, telling them that by baptism we have a authority and a right to pray for people, and we expect the 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 gifts of baptism to be manifested in our prayer time in our the way we pray. So we prayed for her, and immediately the first time we prayed, normally we pray three times. The first time itself, uh, when I asked uh, uh, what happened as we prayed. Uh, She looked surprised and then uh, she started crying and she said, the block disappeared and she received perfect, clear hearing again. Praise the Lord. Really wonderful. We were so happy. Then I asked her, can you say a prayer of thanksgiving? And this is the prayer she said. She said, God, I know I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy, and I have drifted away from you. But still, you healed my ear. Now, when I was listening to, I was thinking. She's thinking like most of us are thinking. <laughs> we don't deserve it. We don't, you know. We are far away. We are really lost. It and somehow, uh, you know, uh, we, our relationship with God is not intimate but distant, My brother, my sister, this is a lie. This is not true. And that's why the theme that we are reflecting today, the theme is see yourself or learn to see yourself as God sees you. Which is so important. Last week I spoke to you about the the incident of St. Thomas and trauma. You know, St. Thomas was a, this apostle who walked closely with Christ. He saw most of the miracles. He heard many of the sermons. And I'm sure he was there when Jesus told him, the Son of Man has to be rejected and persecuted and suffer much and will be put to death. And on the third day, he will rise again from the dead. I'm sure he was there when he said that. But when he saw Jesus being crucified, the lashings he got, the crown of thorns, the humiliation and the blood spurting from his hands and feet. I'm sure what happened to Thomas was the present trauma overcame all his faith. All his... uh, relationship with God, Jesus, and he would have felt there's really no coming back from this. And that's why he told the disciples, when they told him Jesus was here, he said, unless I put my hand in his wounds, I won't believe. So, my brother, my sister, it's so uh, uh, tragic that the present experiences that we are having now are taking away from us the beautiful heart that God has for us. And when that happens, uh, we become beggars, we become distant, we become separated. So tonight, I want to offer you, how does one move out of this trauma? How does one not get stuck in this situation? And I thought, you know, the letter of St. Paul to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2, gives us a beautiful insight. He- Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2. So you can repeat after me. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So I want to take the first line first for you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Now what happened with Peter, we'll explain what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because Peter was in the boat, and the boat was in the storm. And during the storm, uh, Jesus came. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, let me come. And then what happens is, uh, Jesus says, come. And then he gets into the water. Now he's walking on the water. And while he's walking on the water, he takes his eyes away from Jesus. And then what does he do? He looks at the circumstances, the, the, the storm, the wind, the sea, And the trauma of the present event overwhelms him. And then Jesus looks at Peter and he says, he shouts, Lord, help me, I'm drowning. The the Lord takes him by the hand and he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, that could have been really challenged, you know. He, He had a lot of faith. Why is that? Otherwise, you wouldn't have got onto the water. But Jesus said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? So we have a, have a, a direction and a leading here tonight. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is the way to come out of our trauma. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is the way that we will begin to see ourselves as God sees. Fix our Fix your eyes on Jesus. Sadly, the first thing we do in trauma, the first thing we do in crisis, the first thing we do under pressure is that we stop looking at Jesus and we start looking at what's happening to us. But then the Lord instructs, fix, our, fix let us fix our eyes on Jesus and then the The next line is equally important. The author and perfecter of our faith. So if you are writing it down, you can write down author. Jesus is the author of our faith. You know, when I was praying, this only dawned on me. I've been having a very different understanding about my faith. I've been thinking that somehow I have to create faith. It's as if the burden of creating faith is mine. And I'm sure most of you uh, have the same issue. You know? So many people will tell us, you don't have enough faith. Or you must have faith. Now now you, you look back and you feel guilty. My God, I didn't have enough faith. And then we tend to blame ourselves And we tend to tell ourselves, yes, I don't have enough faith. I'm beating myself uh, on my my face, on my back, on my chest. I'm saying, oh, God, see, I didn't have enough faith. But the text is telling us something else. What is it saying? He is the author of our faith. I want to give you an insight which has taken a huge cupboard off my back, you know, because, you know, many of us live with a huge cupboard on our back, you know, know, we can't take it off. The weight is too great. And that cupboard was that I have to generate faith. But tonight I want to tell you from what I'm reading from this text, faith is given to us by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when I was cross-referencing this, I began to realize St. Paul seems to be confirming this. Because he's, he's saying, to each is given a measure of faith. In another place in the scripture, he says, to each is given a measure of faith. But here, what I want to tell you is, if we don't have faith... What do we do? Keep looking at Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because the scripture is telling us, even when you don't have faith, when you keep looking at Jesus, He will give you at a certain point the gift of faith. Isn't that good news, my brother, my sister? (laughs) That's really for me, Real good news because there are many occasions when the events that happen around me, the negativity of my own history and my background tends to overwhelm me and I don't have faith. And the Lord is saying, why did you doubt? He asked, he asked Peter. Why did you stop looking at me and you look at the storm? So we keep looking at him. And when we keep looking at him, we have an assurance from the scripture. He, the author of faith, will give you the faith that is needed. Question is, how do we keep looking at him? And the answer is, Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Logos. John 1 1 says, He is the Word of God, He is the Logos. And therefore, as the Logos, looking at Jesus is equal to looking at the scriptures, searching. For Jesus. And that's why the power of the scriptures. Looking for Jesus equals sitting before the blessed sacrament and allowing the word to enter us. Looking for Jesus equals the Eucharist being received into our hearts. Looking for Jesus equals going to the sacrament of reconciliation giving our, our lack of faith our brokenness and receiving from him the gift of faith and this word is so important you know one of the one of the great events of a evangelist of the 20th century reinhard bonke who actually evangelized millions of people in Africa? Uh, Reinhard Bonke has written towards the end of his life uh, an incident that defined his future, and that was that a dead man uh, came back to life. And actually, uh, you can see the you, there, there's a whole book written by him on this. Plus. On YouTube, uh, you have uh, if you type uh, Reinhard Bonke and the dead man coming back to life, you'll have the whole incident is recorded. Uh, it's a it's an amazing incident uh, where this man, being dead after being after they tried to embalm him, and then uh, uh, he comes back to life. You know? And uh, but the but the thing is that uh, actually uh, the background story. Uh, gives us a a, a a huge insight about about uh, faith. The background story is that uh, he, the person who died in this car accident, uh, had had a huge argument uh, with his wife, you know? and uh, the wife had actually uh, given him a deadly insult. You know, and uh, and as a punishment, he had actually uh, taken his wife and. Uh, kept her with his parents, you know so he he really knew how to punish her you know so uh, then <laughs> so he was under the he was under the rule of the in-laws it's a cultural thing in Africa you know you, you you come under that domination and and like a like a huge thing and while he had left her there and was going back, he met with this accident. And the wife, she says, realized that uh, uh, this was the end of her freedom, her life, you know. And uh, she refused to accept this, uh, this event. And she fought with God and prayed that night. And a verse from Hebrews 11 popped into her mind and it came out of the pages. And the verse was a simple verse. It said, God gave some women their loved ones back from the dead. God gave some women their loved ones back from the dead. Praise the Lord. Actually, he says that page jumped out of her, jumped out of the scripture, and it came alive for her. And she refused to accept that he was dead. In fact, the guy who tried to embalm him, uh, some kind of a light came into that room, and he couldn't embalm him. And she refused, and it forced the people to take the dead body in an ambulance to the place where Reinhard was having this crusade. She was pushed, pulled, uh, the security attacked her. But she wouldn't stop. And when they took him underground to that that place, and those people prayed, actually, this man came back to life three days later. The first person to convert was the Mortician, because he saw this dead body, and everyone was shocked. But what I want to emphasize today is see how she got faith. From a word. And therefore, we have, a, we have a leading from the Lord for us. If you don't have faith, stop beating yourself and seek it. How do you seek faith? You start looking at Jesus. How do you look at Jesus? Read the scripture. Worship the Lord. Go through the words. love him to reveal the gift of faith Amazing when you think about it. The burden is not yours. It's a gift. And we position ourselves in a place where we receive it. And the number two is actually the next text. It says here, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Perfecter. So even if you have a little faith, it doesn't really matter. As you keep looking at Jesus, actually praise that you keep looking at him. As you keep looking at him through the word, as you come to the sacrament seeking him, as you keep looking at him, he says, the faith you have will be brought to perfection. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? Again, it's like another huge cupboard that had been taken off my back. (laughs) We think that we need to develop this faith. We need to make it grow. And here it is, God's gift to us. If you don't have faith, seek Jesus and he will give it to you. If you have little faith, continue to seek him because when you do that, the miracle of faith being made perfect is given to us, like this lady, whose faith that she received from the Lord in that word, as she continued to pray and struggle, it was made perfect by bringing back her husband from the dead. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at the next rest of the rest of the text. It's so beautiful. It says here. We'll start, take it from the start, otherwise, we can't take context. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, is giving us an insight into how to navigate the crisis of our life. When Jesus looks at us, now the topic today, see yourself as God sees you through the insight of Jesus, we have us we have like a insight to how God sees. My brother my sister, we see today, we see now, but when God looks at you and when God looks at me, because He is God, he sees. Everything at the same time. What is that? He sees us before we came to the earth, when we were in his heart. Then he sees us simultaneously. He sees us after our death, returning to the place he has for us in heaven. And in that simultaneous moment, he sees us in this moment with the problem or the challenge we are facing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He sees it all at once. That's why he's explaining how Jesus saw things. The author to the letter to the Hebrews is explaining to us how Jesus saw. What is that? Who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorned its shame, And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, knowing what God was going to give him, knowing the place he was going to, the context of his suffering changed completely. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother, my sister, they tell us that when you climb a high mountain uh, and you are walking, through a deep jungle, and there are thorns and obstacles and shrubs. If you focus your attention on every thorn that pricks you, on every shrub that comes in in contact with you, with every discomfort that you are having, they tell you that your journey would not last long. Because the problems that you are dealing with will pull you down. But they say, in contrast, if you keep looking at the mountain that you are going to, and you can see you are getting closer to it with every step, then the struggle, the pain, is relative to the approaching of our goal. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, the Lord is telling us He's, he's revealing in his heart to us. And he's saying, this is how I see your life. How does he see it? I see you before you were born. I see you when I sent you to this earth. I see you at the end returning to my heart. I see you. And in between, I see you facing this present moment. And he says, let me lead you lovingly through it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, last Wednesday we were sharing this in our full-timers meeting. And one of our full-timers gave a beautiful insight. He said, this is the way we could understand the stoning of Stephen and his death. He said it this way. He said, you know. Uh, God did nothing while Stephen was being stoned. And when he said it that way, only it really struck me, that's true. You know, <laughs> God, God did nothing, you know, he just waited for Stephen to be stoned. But then out of the stoning of Stephen emerged Saul, who became the great Saint Paul. And out of the death of Stephen emerged his. Revelation of sitting at the right hand of God. God saw Stephen before he was born. God saw Stephen in the middle of the crisis, but God also simultaneously saw Stephen seated at the right hand of God. In that same way, God saw Saul being touched by the death of Stephen. God saw God, the world being changed. By the death of Stephen here on earth. In other words, the context of our life can only be realized when we keep looking at Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is meaning to our past. There is a meaning to our future. At the same time, there is deep meaning to what's happening in our lives right now. Do you want to find that deep meaning? Do you want to find that strength? Keep looking at Jesus. He will give you the faith to realize how he's working in the crisis you are dealing with. But not only that, he will perfect the faith you have. And suddenly, your crisis, your struggle is not something that overwhelms you, but supports you towards the goal That God has for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, my brother, my sister, I want to offer you tonight two miracles of faith that God wants us to have. Of course, He wants us to have healing. He wants us to have breakthroughs in our problems. He wants us to have deliverance. He wants us to live happy. He wants to bless us with so many things. He wants to do all of that. But Above all that, Jesus wants us to have two miracles. And if you don't have these two miracles, all the others are temporary, because you can be healed of sickness and you can and you are going to die anyway. You're going to be delivered of one problem, but you're going to have another one sooner. you can you can have one issue resolved, but you're going to deal with another one in a little while. So to overcome all that. God has given us two fundamental miracles in baptism, which I would like to offer you tonight. For the, the it says the author of faith wants to have, have it. And if you already have this faith, he wants to perfect it. So the two gifts I want to offer you. Number one is, the first miracle is deliverance from sin. Actually, uh, a lot of people think that deliverance from sin is a legal thing, you know, uh, but it's something much more. Let me explain it. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So here, The first thing is, don't you know? That means the Romans also didn't know. And 2,000 years later, we also don't know. (laughs) That something happened with the death of Jesus Christ. He says, when you were baptized, if you're writing it down, the first thing, when you were baptized, you were baptized into Christ Jesus. When you are baptized, you are baptized into Christ Jesus, number one. And number two, when you are baptized into Christ Jesus, you are baptized into his death. So, my brothers and sisters, baptized into the death of Christ, what does it mean? As the Church teaches us, as the Scriptures is revealing to us, all of us, who are coming from the ancestry of Adam, have our ancestral sin running in our system. Isn't it true? You know, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, in one of his writings, he explains it beautifully. He says, the real misunderstanding is the word original. He said, if you can change the word original to ancestral, You will immediately know about this thing. What do you mean by ancestral? Is no? Some people say, you know, my great grandfather had this nature of becoming furious and angry, and it looks like my son is also having the same nature. Ancestral, ancestral nature coming down one to another. Of course, we have sicknesses. Many people ask, you know, when you have diabetes. Did your parents have diabetes? Did your grandparents have? With some, Many diseases are coming down the ancestry. Many behavioral patterns are coming down the ancestry. And the Bible is very clear. The punishment for sin or the repercussion of sin is death. We all fall and we die. So God gave us a miracle. What is the miracle? He sent his only son without any sin. Why? So that he could carry your sin and my sin to the cross. So the first miracle that he wants us to believe is that he sent his son to carry your sin and my sin to the cross. Now the question is, uh, why couldn't someone else carry the sin? The answer is, it had to be someone who had no sin who could carry our sin. And then, when he died, he paid the price that every sinner should pay, death. He paid the price. So therefore, he carried our ancestral sin, he carried our sinful nature, and then he paid the price on the cross. And the church is telling us, and the scripture is confirming it. What is that? If you believe this miracle, if you believe this miracle, you will be set free from your past. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The past that comes to dominate us, to hold us, to destroy us, you will be set free. Now it looks absurd for many of us. Why is that? How can you ever be set free from your broken nature? How can you be ever set free from your past? Yes, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let him give you that faith. Let him give you that faith that through a miracle of his death on the cross, Jesus has taken away my ancestral brokenness and Jesus has taken away that punishment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise my mother, my sister, when I tell you that we have to believe, you know, we can believe for a lot of things, but tonight I want to tell you let's believe this number one miracle that somehow the Son of God who didn't have any sin, carried my sin to the cross and paid the price because St. Paul says in Romans 8, the wages of sin is death. He paid the price. And now, if you believe it, he will set you free from your ancestral broken nature. Stop asking yourself if it is true. Stop trying to find people and find a confirmation, but look at Jesus. Look at His Word and allow Him to make it real in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The the second miracle is the gift of new life. Not only are we cleansed from our broken nature and our ancestral past. But we have something called a gift of a new life that the Lord is offering us tonight. And the gift is given in verse 4, beautifully. If you look at verse 4 tonight. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, you can stop there. We are baptized into his death. He has taken away. He has paid the price for our sinfulness. He has washed us of our ancestral uh, brokenness. In order that, for what? To give us something else. What does He want to give us? Just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That a new nature, when we are baptized and then rebaptized in the Holy Spirit, the new nature of God the Father, of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is being given into our hearts and lives. My brother, my sister, this great miracle of God, this beautiful miracle of God, that this new nature that will take away from the ancestry our brokenness, but not only take it away, but give us The nature of Jesus Christ has been given to us. Uh, Yesterday we had the program which we have been going on. Uh, uh, Yesterday was Australia, the program. So uh, one one of our coordinators from Brisbane, he gave this beautiful testimony and I thought it was really powerful. Uh, Just want to take a part of it when he testified uh, after the meeting uh, about his experience how uh, he was diagnosed with uh, leukemia and how uh, uh, they treated him. And uh, they told him that there's a 30% chance that it will come back. But there's a 70% chance that it won't. And he says somehow his mind got fixed on the 30%. And he began to think about it. And then he got it again. This time the doctors treated him and said, there is only a 20% chance that you will recover. The chances are that you will get it back now that you've got it the second time. And that time, he says, he received supernatural faith. And he didn't, he stopped thinking of percentages and he claimed the word that through the blood of Jesus Christ, he's a new creation and there is a hundred percent chance that he's completely healed with a new nature God had given him. And that he claimed 17 years ago. And 17 years down the line, nothing has happened because he chose to believe that when he shared in the death and resurrection of Christ, the new creation, the new life of Christ was now moving in his being. Praise the Lord. So my brother, my sister, you and I have a choice tonight. What's the choice? Do we remain in the reality that we have formed around us? Or do we allow God? And do we allow him to show us how he sees us? And tonight I want to offer you the two gifts, how he sees us. I have cleansed you completely from your ancestry. That's how he sees us. I have paid the price so that you are no longer a victim of your past. That's how he sees us. And number three, he sees us. He says, you are a new creation. My blood is running in your system. You are a new creation. My nature is running in your being. My ancestry, the ancestry of God the Father is moving in your life. And suddenly, if you keep looking at it, if you don't have the faith, God will give it to you. But if you have it and you keep looking at Him, He will increase your faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shall we be with Him a few moments, my brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray in a special way for a breakthrough in every one of our minds and hearts. Lord, we see ourselves through the world. We see ourselves through our ancestry. We see ourselves through our brokenness. And the past tends to repeat itself. The negatives tend to come back. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, we cast out our limited understanding and we look at you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you, show us how you see each and every one of us. And the Lord says, my daughter, My son, I have taken your place. I have fought your battle with your past, with your sin, and I have paid the price for you. You have been made free of your past and your sinfulness. Lord Jesus, we pray, let that revelation become a reality as we keep gazing on it. And the Lord says, My daughter, my son, not only did I die for you, I have risen from the dead for you. And as the risen Lord, I have invited you to share in my new nature. A new nature that is free of the years and years and generations of brokenness. A new nature that is coming down from the heart of the Father. A new nature that is full of the fruits of the Spirit, I've made you a new creation, free of sickness, free of struggle, free of brokenness. I'm giving you a new creation. That's how I see you. And we answer him, Lord Jesus, we pray. We don't feel it. We don't understand it, but we will believe and we'll gaze on it because we know that not only will you give us the faith, you will also bring it to perfection and a miracle will take place in our life. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord.